The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome. To fearless happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Fearless Happiness, episode number four. I have today Dr. Marnie. How do you say your last name? I don't want to butcher it. That's okay. It's Fodorero. That's what I thought. Cool. So I would have been right. Fodorero. But yeah, everybody tries. They ask me every time. They can ask me 10 times, how do you say your last name? And they'll still say it wrong. Yeah, I've heard SKI put on the end of my last name and I'm just like, <laughs> I rolled my eyes. But the wonderful Dr. Marnie Fodorero, she's an author. She's a retired educator. But I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about herself. So Dr. Marnie, tell us about who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Well, you, like you said, I'm a retired educator. I taught special education at the high school level for 35 years in the Chicago suburbs. 12 of those years, I was an adjunct professor at Northern Illinois University in the curriculum department. I've done postdoctoral work at Harvard, you know, but besides all that school stuff, I am just an empathetic, loving human being that has gone through a lot of challenges myself and come out fearless in a way and happy. And that's what you're all about is fearless happiness. And so it, it fits that uh, we would be talking today. Yeah. And it's kind of cool how we met. We, um, are you, you're a co-author of Corey's second book, correct? Yes. Yes. I'm in the volume two of the Blue Talks Presents and you're in the volume one. Right. So that's yeah. how Dr. Marnie and I met and we were talking yeah. and we connected um, to give a little background on what Blue Talks is. Uh, as Corey or people have described it, it is TED Talks that meets chicken soup for the soul. So wonderful books and wonderful authors. And I'm talking such a variety of personalities and backgrounds. I mean, and that's why I think he named it business life universe, you know, from stories that people have come back, you know, from horrible challenges to people who run multi-million dollar businesses and just people who live life with purpose. So uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Marnie online and, you know, she said she wanted to read my book and you know, I'm reading, I'm getting ready to, in the process of reading her book and we have become friends ever since. And we, uh, we have Max, we've, we've got a really great connection and um, I just admire you for the person that you are and, and for the mission that you have in taking some of life's struggles and turning them into positive, but making it real. I mean, you are actually showing 
you know, your clients and um, people that you work with that, you know, you're human and you're, you're dealing with a lot of the same things that a lot of people are. And, but the fact that you are pretty transparent with that really connects people to you and gives them hope and inspiration to be able to handle their challenges. Absolutely. And, you know, I thank you because you too, all of us have a story. Sure. I, I, some people sure. don't even realize that they have a story. And when we got to know each other and share our stories, I mean, we have some challenges that we have overcome. Yeah. And definitely. the beauty of the thing is that we have learned a way to do that. And like you and myself, we are trying to teach people that, you know, don't let these challenges hold you back. Live to your potential is like what I like to say that God has given you. And, you know, yeah, and yeah. some people just and I guess we were putting we have been put in this on this earth to show people that no matter what happens, we can come out, you know, on the other side. And there's a saying that one of my friends taught me was called lean into the suck. Yeah, I don't know if you saw my mm-hmm. post or my wife yep. Amy, Amy, that says embrace the suck. Yep. yep. Um, I don't know if it's because I've, you know, in my active addiction, lived on the streets. And, you know, I come from a military background. I'm a disabled vet. And some of the books I read from some of the gentlemen who have been through far harder times than I have. It's like I'm now because of this 75 hard I'm doing and, and the challenge I've been through embrace challenges now, like bring it like I'm not afraid you know, to face it. And, and you've been through similar stuff, you know, and I'll let you talk about your background and stuff like that. What brought you from where you were to where you are today. Sure. Um, but the people I'm connecting with are just amazing, like yourself, you know, and it's, it's cool. Like when we remember we had that talk about maybe I was going to go back and get my doctorate and you're like, yeah, oh, you yeah. got excited, you know, and that's still a possibility. Sure. Sure. But, you know, what I tell tell people is like, I wouldn't even have this conversation with Dr. Marnie if I hadn't gone through the stuff that I've gone through. And it's right. made me who I am today. You know what I mean? And you have similar challenges, you know, in your life that that you're passionate about and helping people get through. So give us a little idea of like what you do now, besides being a, a retired educator <laughs> and author, you know, you spoke at what Columbia. Well, um, that's coming up. Yeah, that's okay, coming okay. up this Spring and um, but you know, getting back to what you were saying, we all have a journey, and sometimes we take on other people's journeys, and we shouldn't. We should let them, you know, experience what they need to. Um, but at the same time, if we can provide any kind of inspiration or any kind of illustration of how we've overcome some challenges, that could really help some other people you know, the journeys that we have, okay, like you had alluded to, we both have been through some challenging things. In my case, it wasn't addictions or uh, those kinds of issues. It was um, as an empathetic person, I found myself in an abusive situation. I uh, divorced my perpetrator after 27 years. And actually, during that time, I wasn't even aware that I was being gaslit or that I was being smeared or that he was doing things to sabotage my success or my life or, you know, dim my light. You know, I, I'm like someone who is happy and, and positive and hardworking and honest and good. These qualities that are very important to me, just as, as far as 
someone's integrity and values. And I found I was, I was married to someone without those same values. And uh, so I, I escaped that relationship, but it was after the escape that the real awareness of the abuse hit and it continued. Um, people that have, they're undiagnosed, of course, because they don't think anything's wrong with them. But that if they're an undiagnosed personality disorder, cluster B, narcissistic personality, whatever it is, they, they need to put down other people to make themselves feel good. And when someone has a light bulb that goes on and you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't want to be a part of that. And when you remove yourself from that, that person will scramble and do everything that they can to try to destroy you, your name. Um, in my case, I lost my home. I was told my home was paid off for 10 years at least. And no, it was in foreclosure or, you know, takes all your money, takes all your belongings. In my case, I found my abuse involved parental alienation, where even though you might have a great relationship with your children, they will implant false memories or make up lies or they'll do all sorts of things to discredit you and just to make themselves look better, you know? And so it's part of the reason it's a personality disorder is they, they almost can't help themselves. But in the case of a lot of them, they do know what they're doing. Um, you know, there, there's an evil streak to them. There's a, you know, definitely a vindictive, malicious part to it. And if you are not a criminal type person, if you're not a negative person, if you're not, um, someone that wants to hurt other people, it's very hard to wrap your head around that people would be like this. Right. And so I went through a lot of challenges, but I just knew, you know, I, wasn't part of that, that I had a, a good soul and I, I'm a happy person and I'm, um, I, I've got a lot to contribute. And, you know, I know that I was honest and caring and that kind of thing. It's just, it's shocking to find yourself in a position like this, but just like anyone, when they're faced with challenges, you can either go the negative route and get back at people and, you know, uh, focus on all that negative, or you can just remove yourself and go to the light and try to self-actualize yourself and, and live a happy life, hoping that goodness in the universe will all come around. And, and I, I think we're, you know, even in our world situation today, we're, you know, I, there are a lot of people frustrated with the lies and deceit and the corruption and the, and the violence and all of that. And, at some point, though, you have to have the dark to appreciate the light. Right. And, and let's see. That's what I wanted to ask you before we go on to the other questions and stuff I want to ask yeah. you. You said something, right? So you were married to this person for 27 years, right? Like a lot yeah. of us don't realize, like in my case, mine was self-inflicted, right? I, I created every freaking problem during my addiction, you're, I have no one to blame. Like I said, like the, you know, the saying, if I was pointing a finger at you, I got three pointing back at me. So I had to take a look at that. Right. Like, right. But I uh, have to look at myself too. Like there's no, something. I, absolutely. But it's hard. Like tell people how you came to that point where, yes, you realized you were a good person and you know, you, you know, like, and myself, like you go, like, how did I let this happen for so right. long? Right. You know, and I've shared stories with you with some people I know about sure. 
ask me that question. Like, why didn't I see it? But you know how we realize like later, I mean, right. I know it's part of the process, but some of us, and I can tell like some of the audience are going to ask like, okay, she was a good person. Why couldn't she tell earlier on, you know? Right, right. And so kind of give what? us like, what was that aha moment where you're like, I'm a good person. I'm not taking this, excuse my language, shit anymore. Right, like, right. Like, you're not going to treat me like that anymore. Well, I think, I think in my case, you know, I... I kind of grew up as a people pleaser and I kind of grew up as, you know, just looking at assuming that everyone is good and has good intentions, you know, and, and then come to realize really that's not the case. But I think in my particular situation, I had young children. And so and I was busy, you know, when you're busy raising a family, my ex-husband, even though. I look back now and things just don't add up, but he was gone a great deal of the time. And, and so I was just busy raising the family, you know, furthering my education, working full time, doing projects around the house. Um, you know, just, I was just really busy. And so when you have a young family and, you know, you're taking the kids and you're taking them to their activities and doing things. And, and then I had some of my own interests that I was pursuing. I think that time can just slip and, you know, years and years go by. Right. And, and that just happens. But, True. but there is, a, there is a defining moment where you, you, like, I always knew I was a good person. So that wasn't, that wasn't like, oh, I just realized, wait a minute. <laughs> right. But, but I, I realized there were a couple defining things that were, I could no longer accept. And I had to, when I realized that when my light bulb went on, I had to keep it to myself because of fear and fear is, you know, you talk a lot about fear and being fearless, but I was afraid of what would happen. Um, I started to realize how actually corrupt and dangerous, you know, this person was that I'm living with. And, and I, I needed to somehow survive the next 24 hours kind of thing. Right. And he did actually become violent again when he knew that I knew what was going on, you know, like right. he knew that my life, like, like that I was, that like things the gig was up and he's been, caught yeah, you're yes. done. <laughs> right. I, I just, I just had no idea. I don't know why I thought maybe he would just, you know, let me leave peacefully without trying to destroy me. But now that I've learned and I've researched a lot about this type of abuse, they they can't. They they need to try to put on the show for the public of, you know, this false mask that they have. You yeah, know, it's that all a control thing. It's right. There's a lot of control. control, and and then you know, using the adult children. You know, and I guess I'm I'm fortunate in that. My light bulb didn't go on until the kids were adults because I, I read about so many situations where, you know, the kids are younger and there's custody battles and there's wonderful fathers that never get to see their children again because the wife made false accusations. Or there are wonderful mothers that lose custody because, you know, the ex-husband knows the judge and they can outspend you. They have, they are the ones that control the purse strings most of the time. So, so they've got like the power when it comes to the money and the control and the connections and that type of thing. But after a while you realize that's not important at all. Sorry, in fact, but... even though I'm living very comfortably in the Caribbean and I'm happy and I am spending my days writing and 
traveling and enjoying nature and that type of thing. I, you know, even though things are really good now, even when they were, when everything was taken away from me, you know, basically homeless, that was okay. It was almost like I needed to go through that, but somehow God provides or puts people in your path so that you can, you can get back on your feet and that type of thing. Absolutely. Right. You know, I try not to spend much time even thinking about uh, the abuse at this point. I mean, I mention it because it is people have shared with me that it has really helped them in their journey because everyone's at different stages of different things. But, you know, the big thing is to realize you can't control other people. You can only control yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. You can only decide how you're going to handle any challenge. That's and, it. And, that's why I put the why, right? And, right. And we'll into those questions. But so like leading into that, um, because at one point you had to become fearless, right? To take care of yourself, your children. Right. So yeah. tell me, what does fearless mean to you? What does that look like in your daily life and how it shows up for you? Because I mean, we're, to be honest, we're never going to be like a hundred percent fearless, right? There's always something right. There's a way that like you and I have worked through some fears and how we right. can share with others, how we've done that. So tell me what that looks like for you. That's such a good question because it's such a hard question. It's not just an easy answer <laughs> because we're always going to have some amount of fear because there's, especially in my case, they can always put legal things on you, legal threats. And, and there's always just one more thing to, you know, you have to look over your back and say, okay, what, what are they doing now? You know, but I would say the fearless part got where, you know, in your heart of hearts that you couldn't have done anything differently than you did. You can't go back and fix the past that you can only put one foot in front of the other and move forward. And, and I think in my case, fearless also involved listening to other people's stories and how they handled challenges. So it's not just like where I was totally on my own. All of a sudden I'm fearless now. I think that there are people that influenced me that I didn't even know influenced me, but they did. They were all collectively part of, of just being able to move forward. And, you know, when you operate under a good heart, with integrity, with honesty, with perseverance, and with grit, you know, goodness does come your way. Justice doesn't always, but goodness does. And and then you can feel a little bit more fearless, I guess you can say. Right. Because then you, when you know, like for me, you know, after I took a year sober, after my last relapse, I remember my sponsor would tell me, just have a little bit of blind faith. And of course I'd look at him and go, dude, what, what the heck right. does blind faith mean? Yeah, like, what what's that all about? Just try, just trust me. Just have, just that if, have faith. It's all going to work out. Like believe that I believe kind of thing. And yeah, I struggled with that too. Right. So that's why I think you and I get along. Cause I had that. It wasn't that I never believed in say a power greater than myself or the universe or God. I came, be, I became very angry. You know, and it was like, well, if you're so great and so loving and so kind and so compassionate, why did you let all this stuff? And I would right. have How those can... conversations with my mentors and they're like, Max, he never or she never abandoned you. 
you gave up on them. Like you gave your kids away and you did this. And I'm like, dang, you know, after being sober for a while, you're like, these up, they're absolutely right. So I, I've come to a place and, you know, I love your title to your book. God came to my garage sale. People are going to love this because I'm going to share this all over my wow, thanks, social yeah. media. But um, yeah, actually, my book just won an award. I just got the best books award from the American Book Fest. See, so so it's, it's now reaching some more people. I mean, it's it's not so much like, oh, yeah, I won an award. It was more just like, OK, great. Now some more people can can be touched by some of these stories and then right. they can incorporate them into their own lives. Right. You know, looking for signs from the universe, you know, realizing that maybe there aren't coincidences where you think there were, maybe there is some divine intervention coming in here. That's absolutely. Cause you know, and that's so funny that you say that because like one of my biggest arguments was if this God loved me so much, right. That why would mm -hmm. he put me in jail? A nice right. guy like me. Yeah. And my sponsor would laugh and, and go, Max, check it out. I want you to do that. He gave me this writing assignment. I had to write as if every time I went to jail, what would have happened if I didn't? And there was some stories like I might not be sitting here talking to you. Right. And he goes, right. After we were done, he goes, what do you think? I said, I think God saved my life. You know, even though I didn't like it and I went kicking and screaming, you know, and then give that great alcoholic addict prayer. Like if you get me out of this one, God, please, I swear. Yeah, I'll, I'll never do it ways. again. Yeah. You know, and which I was told those are some of the best prayers ever. You know, it just took me a while to get it, but I don't care whatever you believe, you know, whatever helps you get through those challenges. You know, I'm not here to push religion or not at all, never. you know, but if you hear some, the commonalities in which I hope people will, will hear in this podcast of the people somewhere in their life that changed for them, you know, because right. like, you got to admit, there's a time, you know, like when you get your PhD, when I got my bachelor's degree and, you know, like there was a part of me that said, I did that. You know, yeah, yeah. I put the work in, but things happened. Like you said, there was no coincidences. And even no, though. No, and it's all part of the journey. It's all like interwoven just just yeah, from absolutely. from early on in your life. And, and it still is is a work in progress. You yeah. know, there's someone very, very close to me that struggles with addiction. And we've talked about uh, about this person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would love to just let that person know how strong they really are, that they have done so much. They might look at other people and think, you know, oh, I, I should be here or I should be there. But they are probably right where they need to be. At some point, you have to realize there could be some toxic influences around you. Like, you know, there could be a family member that is making you feel really bad and perpetuating this negativity, which eventually could lead you to use again because right. you just want to numb the pain, mm -hmm. you know. Absolutely. But at some point, maybe they'll realize, hey, let me think about how I am when I'm not around this person. And let me think about when I am with that person. And boy, maybe I would be better off, you know, served if I, if I kind of break some ties and, and surround myself with some more positive influences, people that really support me and care for me, aren't just, you know, using me and keeping me down, keeping me in the cycle. You know, there's some people that just, they, they feel better if other people are not doing well. Yeah, exactly. They if misery loves company. So Right. 
Right. right. And so the minute that they start to do well, that they want to bring them back down when that, but that person, they have to have their own journey. And uh, luckily this person that is, that I'm thinking of is really hanging in there and not using the drugs as a crutch or something like that is really, really trying, but, it, but it's hard. It's, it's a challenge and everyone is at a different place with regards to that. And, you know, loved ones can, and friends can only help so much. It really has, to, you have to do the inner work. You have to actually have the fearless happiness moment to take control of your own destiny. Right. And that's where you're right. And, and any of us, we have yeah. that moment where we have to become fearless, even if it's for a moment where we make that decision to go, things need to change. And I don't right. care how I have to do it, but I can't live this way or, you know, can't see a loved one live this way. And, right. you know, and you and I know as parents, it's sometimes hard to watch the ones closest to us. Oh, sure. You know, because our, especially mama, moms, you know, like I call all my friends who are mothers, you know, mama bears, because I watch them in action. When their kid gets hurt, they're like, stay away, let mom handle Well, and, and you know, in your own personal case, your mom was there for you. She never really gave up on you. But she had to probably at some point step back and say, okay, Max, I will not tolerate that anymore. That's not, that's not good for either one of us. But yeah. the, the love she had for you was... Never, yeah, it never went away. And what I shared with you, and you read in my book, is when she yeah. looked at me across the glass and said, you're no longer welcome at my home. Right, yeah. And I knew when I heard that come out of her mouth, like, and she looked me dead in the eye. She didn't even blink. I was like, right. you know, I'll call the police. And my neighbors know if they, I'm not here, they're going to call the police. What are you going to do? And it was one of those defining moments. You know, like you said, there was no coincidence. I didn't have an answer Right. The best answer. And that was, I don't know. And, you know, it might be that, you know, it might look to others that she was just protecting herself. But in many ways, she was trying to set a boundary and Mm -hmm. stop enabling. And she wanted to protect you as well. Absolutely. Because I got the best gift ever, you know, about two weeks. Even though I was 14 years sober, but she she looked at me and said, thank you for giving me 13 years of your sobriety. You know, God answered my prayers. And like, that is priceless. Like you cannot put a price on that. Right. Right. No, you have been through Max, your journey has just been so amazing to read about and to follow about. If, if your listeners have not picked up your book, fearless happiness, they have to, they have to, even if you're you say you're someone who does not read a book, Max's book is so so great and so easy to read and and you can find so many parallels to your own life no matter where you are at in your journey and so i just i'm so glad that you put your book out there and and that it's it's out there for others to to take a look at because it's really a game changer for a lot of people thank you dr you know? martin oh yeah i i admire you max i admire you and i admire your your drive and even the fact like you know i know you're doing the hard 75 is that what it's called right 75 hard 75 hard so you know you're even challenging your own self right now you're not just at a point where okay i'm good 
you know, I can just coast. You're pushing yourself to be the best Max you can be. And and that's, there's so much to admire about that. And, and when you see pictures of you and your beautiful wife and knowing that your, your, you know, things are coming together for you. I even remember seeing, um, I started to cry one time when I, wa- I, I watched one of your posts and you were so proud of your backyard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just thought, I'm sure there was a time in your life that you didn't think you would have a backyard. And now you've got this beautiful backyard to hang out in and spend time in and, and, you know, work at because you're weeding and, and planting and fixing and all of that. But, you know, you're creating what you want for your life. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. And see, and that's why I started this podcast, not only because I want people to see like, well, you know what I mean? It's not about, oh, look what I've done. But I want, you know, through my guests, through what I do, like, I don't care where you've come from, you know, like some of the books I've read make us look like, wow, we're really crying about some of the stuff we went through compared to, you know, Mm -hmm. what other people went through. But, you know, like I said, we all have our challenges and that's where I want people to be fearless. I had a conversation with one of my best friends and he said, will we ever get like 100% fearless? He goes, maybe not. He goes, in that process, trusting that process is where it's at, right? And then at some point, what's worked for me is to have some quiet time, to quiet my mind, to spend time in reflection and, and actually ask for divine intervention ask for some of these things that you want. We're almost afraid to ask, like we're not worthy enough. And I have found that in some of those moments, I have actually manifested things that I wouldn't have ever thought would be possible. I mean, just miracles, miracles. And it came from me just quieting my mind, letting the clutter go and just focusing on what would I like to see my day look like, or what would I like to see happen in my life or someone else's life? And there is something to say for just, um, you know, trying to be mindful and putting that out there, you know, At, at the same time, you've got to look at yourself and say, okay, is there anything I can do to change, whether it is to leave a toxic situation or even a person that you might be trauma bonded to because you have a history together or whatever, but if they're not serving your highest good and the negatives far outweigh the positives, then it's time to make a big decision and, and, and part ways. And it doesn't mean you have to be, mean about anything or wish anyone negative, you know, I'm someone who never wishes anyone ill will. It's just not part of who I am. But at the same time, at some point, I need to love myself. And then I know my values and I need to just surround myself with people that have similar values. Absolutely. And that's what the program of Al-Anon teaches, right? Detaching Mm -hmm. love. It doesn't say detach and go kick him in the butt or, you know, it says detach with love for a reason. And sometimes we have to, whether it's a family member or a close friend, if they're being toxic, right. And it's affecting you, then yeah, you got to cut ties and say, you know, in a nice way, like I I can't be around you anymore. So, right. right. Or sometimes you leave it unsaid, 
You just, yeah. you just go your own way. You sometimes, own way. exactly. Right, right. You know, sometimes right. you need to do that. And, and, you know, this, this has been such a challenging year for so many people for so many reasons. It doesn't matter what political side you're on. There definitely was a lot of, dissonance between goodness and, and and light and and negative and evil there really was and and then it and and it, it was a year of change for a lot of things and i think there are a lot of people that are finding certain friendships or certain situations it could be their job it could be where they live something needs to change right. and and it was just in your face this past year and so yeah. So now it's now it's kind of like, all right, we, we have to accept, you know, I, I just love that serenity prayer where, yeah. you, you know, to accept the things you cannot change, but the courage to change the things you can. Right. And most of the time, I always say in my own head, courage to change the things I can. And it's always about me, like <laughs> myself, like what can I change about myself to be a better right. you? one of the guys that's like a mentor, but doesn't know it. Right. And some of the things yeah. he teaches. And one of his mentors always taught, always try to be 1%. You can be 365% better at the end of the year than you were the year before. If you work on what you're doing today, right? Uh-huh. And trying to be 1% better every day. Right. That's what I'm working on is trying to be 1% better. So by the end of the year, I'm 365%, you know, because of course I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. Sure you know, and a better human being. So leading into the next question, like, despite the challenges that COVID brought 2020, like you said, there was a definite light versus dark, you know, good versus evil, you know, and unfortunately, like God gave us free will, right? So people were playing with that. And, uh, and so with that, like, with all those challenges that has happened to most of us um, in this crazy time that I'd ever, I never thought I'd ever see a pandemic in my life. I know. <laughs> um, or a pandemic. You know, depending, depending on how you're looking at it, it could be a pandemic. I'm kind of with you on that one, but I don't yeah. get into that stuff. No, no, I know. I know. You know what I mean? You and I could probably talk for hours on that stuff. And yeah, definitely. So, we discussed fearless, what that looks like for you. So tell me with happiness, knowing that I put the why in happiness. Yes, you do. Yeah. What does that look like for you every day? What is, how does that show up in your life? Well, that again, is not a simple question, you know, with a simple answer, but I definitely feel that I am a happy person and not that I didn't have challenges or I won't have challenges in the future. But I think realizing being true to yourself of who you are can bring happiness. So you, you know who you are and you stay true to your values. And then you do things that make you happy. I chose to move to the Caribbean because I love nature. I love the ocean. I love you know, just uh, the beauty that surrounds me here. Right. Although when I lived in Illinois, I found beauty there too. I loved the cornfields and I loved the the farms and, and the nature that was there and the seasons. I don't have the same kind of seasons here. But so I'm choosing to spend time in nature and 
um, and then doing some of the things that I like to do. So on a personal note, you know, I'm interested in writing in all different kinds of writing. I'm actually working on, I, I, I have five books out there, or I'm a co-author of four books, and then I have uh, my spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale. But I'm currently working on a book of poetry. And I've always been interested in, in writing, but kind of looked at poetry like, well, that that's too confusing, or that's too hard, or I don't get it. Yeah. And I don't want to do that, but I, it's really evolved. And, and so it's very therapeutic for me. So I, I spend each day, a little bit of each day writing and another thing, thank goodness, you know, I'm hoping that travel will open back up because I have a lot of travel plans. I just love being able to go around the world and meet different people from other walks of life and realize that it doesn't matter where you are in the world. We all have so much more in common than we have that is different. And so happiness for me is loving the people that I can or that come across my path, um, being compassionate, being kind, and, um, and, and helping others fulfill their own self-actualization as well, encouraging and inspiring others at the same time. I think that happens even indirectly by you following through in your own passions. I think that you can indirectly inspire other people. Right. Because like I like to say, you never know who's watching. So when you're right. doing something and someone sees you doing something positive and right. you know, even with struggles that happen with anything we do, right. And you get through to the other side and they're like, wow, they did it. Like right. that inspires people, whatever the case may be, you know, like when sure. I did the art and kind of did some, be like you said, like it kicked my butt. I got to tell you, I'm 52 years old, man. Sometimes yeah. I wish I had like a yard guy. This yard is <laughs> But at the same time, it was like, wow, you know, I did it. I, I took pride. Right. In it. it's, it's mine, you know. I'm, right. You took pride in that yard. And and, exactly. and I, I I mean, it brought me to tears. Just <laughs> just the, the whole thing of just knowing your backstory and knowing where you came and that kind of thing. But we also need to give ourselves a break every now and then and take a break. You know, we don't always have to have our mind going of what can we do to better ourselves or, you know, to make an impact on the world. Sometimes we need to just rest and, and take time and, and make sure that we're eating nutritious, organic, you know, nourishing foods and we're getting restful sleep and right. we're taking care of our, our bodies and our, our, our mind. So we, we really need to take care of ourselves as well. Absolutely. You know? There was a, a, not a painting, but like a picture of a, my friend showed me and you know, it's something he lives by and I'm sure it's something we live by and it says, be still and know that I am. That's beautiful. Yeah. Right. And for us, whatever that I am is, and for me, it's God knowing he's probably whispers in my ears sometimes like, take it easy, Max, just relax. Right. right. Not going to go anywhere. Don't beat yourself up, you know, just, yeah take it easy, you know, and I've had to learn to just, and I've been really good at that. Like I tell my wife, you know, you work hard, take it easy. I'll take care of you. Right. And for some of us, it's hard to let others do for us if we were the people that were always doing. And so that's a lesson in itself to, you know, like I used to cook all the time. Well, my partner, he is an amazing cook. I mean, he, grows a garden and takes all sorts of things from the garden and, and is always looking at recipes and creating these amazing, um, very nutritious, interesting foods. And so I, I'm in a situation in my life that, okay, I can step back and let someone do for me and uh, that's, that's okay. Fun. 
I'm trying to do that for my wife. Let her, I'm learning how to cook. Will I be yeah. like a partner? I don't know, but I'm going to try. I'm going to give it the old college try. You right, know? right, right. But, um, you know, to wrap it up, please let the audience know like where they can get your books that you. Sure, sure. Well, I, um, well, first of all, all my books and my podcasts and my interviews. Yep. There it is. God came to my garage sale. They're all on my website, which is www.godcametomygaragesale.com. Awesome. And so you can find all of the, you know, like I have a book signing next week that's listed on there, you know? So, and as far as my book, my book is on Amazon for only $11.99. It's not a, a big investment. It's $3.99 if you do that e-version. You can find it at Bards and Noble as well as Balboa Press, which is the self-publishing group that I went with. That's a division of Hay House. But it's it's actually... I live on an island, so it's it's all over the island in many different stores and museums and places here. And it's starting to uh, get into some stores in Chicago and New York. But it's it's a process, you know. As long as it's, you know, it's not for me, it's more just if someone picks it up because they might say, oh, it's a catchy title or, you know, interesting cover or, yeah, I know James Redfield, so... If he endorsed it, maybe I'll take a look at it. But if if they read it and if any little thing resonates with them or gives them any hope or gives them some uh, inspiration to just, you know, be more aware of the signs around us right. and and realize that life's challenges, as bad as they may be, can actually turn into the most positive things in your life. You just don't know. Absolutely. I couldn't you need to have the dark to see the light. <laughs> that's right. It's just yeah. sometimes that's what happens. So right. Uh, I want to thank you for coming up on Oh, thank you, Max. Thanks. Thank you for coming and being a guest. So before we part, is there anything you would like to tell the audience before you go? Just pick up Max's book. I would say that. Pick up Max's book and try to live a fearless happiness life. Well, again, thank you for coming on the show, Dr. Marnie Baderero. You got it. Yeah. Awesome. And I can't wait to see your book of poetry and the things you're going to do. And, you know, you and I will definitely talk some more. Oh, definitely. Thank you, Max. I'm, there's no coincidence that our paths crossed. And yeah, um, I believe that 100%. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to interview me. So thank you. All right. Take care. 